Welcome back to the podcast. Spooktober. It is Spooktober, where we're doing two episodes a week. Yeah, because just, nothing is scarier than that. It's not draining at all. It is hell, but we love it. It is. And this is crime culture. Oh, yes. It's not hell. This is crime culture. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's Caitlin. That is. And that's Haley. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Splendid. Uh, so today, if you were too lazy to read the title... We're talking about a history of haunted houses. Ooh. Normally, haunted houses and all the shit that comes with them and is associated with them, we don't really think about it. We just enjoy ourselves and, well, you just enjoy yourselves. I shit bricks. But everybody who enjoys it, they don't really think about it. And so I was like, you know what? Let's let's do a little bit of a deep dive in here. and Let's do a little history lesson today. Oh, boy. there There are some things. I'm so excited. I I didn't know a lot of this. And I mean, I'm scared of everything, but this some of this freaked me out a little bit too much. But it's cool. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. It's cool. Um, Let's get into it. Cool, 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 cool. So, in a sense, haunted houses technically date back to prehistory, according to some people. Because they were um, actually haunted. Yes. Like, well, yes and no. Like, we can't, we can't really say that. Okay. Like, I mean, I, I just don't want to get somebody angry at me is the issue. The spirits? (sighs) I I mean the spirits, the people like. I feel like I'm safe because like you never hear about a haunted apartment. I I you know no I don't agree with that at all because we talked about I think like either sometime last month I don't remember what the episode was we talked about how I my apartment may or may not be haunted because. People don't just ring your doorbell and knock on your door and say, hello. Oh, that's hello, true. And fucking disappear. All right. Well, you live in a but weird regardless, place. I don't want to piss off anybody. All right. So, on. yes. Um, so Ben Armstrong, who we'll get into in a minute, um, he's the co-owner of Netherworld in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, And he's kind of, he's seen as one of the experts on haunted houses. Hmm, He says, quote, it was a rite of passage to go into a dark cave and face their fears. In essence, that's what a haunted attraction is. End quote. So that's basically what made sense about like, okay, like these things date back to prehistory. Yeah, yeah. Um. Furthermore, Fangoria Magazine wrote that many ancient civilizations had their own versions of haunted houses. They just didn't call them that. Yeah. Um, And that was mostly, it wasn't really meant to be an attraction. But like, for example, the Egyptians with their pyramids, they wanted to keep away body snatchers. They wanted to keep away people who were rooting around for the, the kings, the president's rubies, as Andy Dwyer would say. Oh, yes. And... So they just built 
these like mazes and walls and booby traps and like Indiana Jones shit uh-huh. in the, the the pyramids and then there we go that's that's technically a haunted house apparently world's first haunted maze true true that we know of that we know of um so then there are stories of labyrinths with all those fucked up creepy monsters in uh-huh. Roman and Greek mythology and um, then during the early years of Christianity, uh, the clergy wanted to wipe out pagan holidays. So like um, Samhain, which is a Gaelic festival that celebrates the dead, um, they wrote horror plays designed to the priests did to scare people into converting so yeah. that they could get rid of these pagan holidays because you shouldn't. You shouldn't celebrate the dead. The dead the dead are dead and gone. Like, we don't talk about them anymore. Yeah, don't you know Jesus that. is the only one that's dead that we talk about? I think we talked about that in our um, History of Halloween episode last year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then, like, it's also been mentioned over the years in, like, both during the, where others say the history is, which I'll get to in a minute, and then, like, after, um, in literature, there have mm-hmm. been legends about haunted houses basically since the beginning of recorded human history. And the earliest surviving report of a haunted house actually came from a letter written by Pliny the Younger to his um, protege, basically, Lucius Sura. And mm-hmm. he described a haunted villa in Athens that everybody basically refused to live in. And Nobody lived there until a philosopher named Athenodorus moved in because he had just moved to town. Um, rent was cheap and he wasn't afraid of no ghost. So that's the beginning of a horror movie. Um, wait, wait, because I actually I even wrote in my notes something about this because it gets worse. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the ghost was described as being an old man bound with chains. And. On the first night that Athenodorus, that, yeah, that Athenodorus was there, the ghost appeared to him and was just like, follow me. And Athenodorus was like, okay. Okay. So he did. And he went out to the yard and the apparition vanished. So this is where things, you go one of two ways. You get the fuck out which is what I would have done. Or you do what Athenodorus did and mark where the the apparition, the ghost disappeared and just like made a mental note to check it in the morning and went back to bed. He, he literally did the white thing. See, here's a th- something that I don't understand is like, okay, you don't believe in spirits, you don't believe in ghosts or whatever, but somebody shows up like in your house and is like follow me and you're like sure so if you don't believe in ghosts or anything you think that's a real person somebody just broke into your house and was like hey come here i to be fair i did not say and my notes did not like my research did not show me that he did not believe in ghosts okay he just was not afraid of them okay he didn't think that they were gonna do him spirits yeah, like, oh, they're a part of life. I, I just, I find it a little difficult to believe that people who believed in mythical beings living in the sky did not believe in ghosts. 
uh there's a lot of people alive today i was about to say the more i said that the as i as i continued on with that sentence i was like oh wait that's a, that's a whole jesus, thing jesus wasn't a ghost he rose from the dead oh, he's a zombie well. but we'll get yeah, to that technically um but so either way he goes back to bed and the next morning he asked like that it can i like dig up this spot in the courtyard okay. and so they fucking did like like the the town was like okay and he fucking did they think it's some houdini and, shit right well funny you should say that it's some houdini shit because there was literally the skeleton of a man bound with chains <gasps> a la houdini Stop. where that ghost disappeared and shit. allegedly the ghost did not appear again after the skeleton was given a proper burial yeah because that's why ghosts are like here they're like hey yeah something's wrong we do this now we ghost whisperer yeah so then there are other stories. That's one of the ones that I found most interesting. But there's there's mentions in fucking everything. It's in Nancy Drew. It's in Arabian Nights. Um, it's in a bunch of Anne Radcliffe novels. Um, like, just in general, haunting is often used as a plot device in horror fiction, mysteries, gothic fiction. Yeah. And, like, even more recently, paranormal fiction. And haunted castles, haunted mansions, all of that are really common in literature, particularly gothic literature. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I was goth in high school. Um, Or as goth as you can be when you're in a Catholic high school. Um, And you have a mother who does not let you buy too much black. Um, But for example, Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Fall of the House of Usher. Love it. Yes, that would be a perfect example of a haunted house in literature, specifically gothic literature. Yeah. Um, so then today there are authors like Henry James and a little a little guy named Stephen King, who cool. we love. Um, they've also featured them in their writings. For mm-hmm. example, uh, The Shining. Yes. Just as an obvious one. Um, but some people say that today's haunted houses don't date back to literature or prehistory or Pliny the Younger or any of that. Um, Some believe that they have ancestry dating back to 19th century London, when, Hmm. according to the Smithsonian, a series of illusions and attractions introduced the public to new forms of gruesome content. And one of the early pioneers of this form of shock entertainment was Marie Tussaud. AKA mm-hmm. Madame Tussaud. Yeah. Badass bitch, queen of the wax figure empire. Oh, yeah. So she learned, fun fact, wax modeling from her uncle, who was also a local doctor named Philippe Curtius, when she was a kid. Oh, wow. Like, there, mo- most women, most girls back then were kind of like, if you're going to learn anything, you're going to learn to cook and clean, bitch. And her uncle was like, yo, no, I'm going to teach her to make wax figures. Perfect. So she fucking did. And her first wax model was of a dying Voltaire in 1778. Huh. So already we're getting a little into the macabre. Not exactly the wax figures of Johnny Depp and Beyonce that we know her for. Yes. So then during the French Revolution, Tussaud felt that she like given her gifts that she was obligated to make a what she called memento of all of those people who were guillotined yeah so in 1802 
she began touring England with her wax sculptures of decapitated French figures, including King Louis the, what is that, 15th, 16th? Roman sure. numerals, 16th, 16th, King Louis the 16th, Marie Antoinette, Marat, Robespierre, like all the big ones, like all the ones that were like, yo, let them eat cake. She's got them all on wax figurines and all up on display. Pretty much everybody's clutching their pearls. It was so fucking accurate and lifelike. People were like, I'm disgusted, but also I'm a little, I'm a little excited by this. Yeah. You know, like with true crime, these are the OG murderinos. Um, so, and the whole like lifelike thing and the accuracy makes total sense, not just because she's fucking Madame Tussaud, but also she created death masks of their heads after they'd been guillotined and mm-hmm. their severed heads were mounted on spikes. So she literally just popped on over and was like, I'm going to make a wax figure out of your head. This is perfect. It's already on a post. And she just fucking did it. Half the work was done for her already. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they stayed still. It was great. They already had their eyes closed for the most part. Perfect. So as she recounted in her, in her memoir, she would actually work while their blood, like the heads were so fresh, while their blood was dripping from their heads and onto her knees and lap. Cute. So like, bitch wasted no time. Honestly, like, we love a woman who's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Mm. So, she eventually set up a permanent expedition, expedition, a permanent exhibition of these casts, these wax figures, at London's Baker Street Bazaar, and a magazine dubbed her collection the, quote, Chamber of Horrors, Mm. and that name pretty much stuck, and people still call it that today, and some of these wax figures can still be viewed. Oh, wow yeah that's really cool i didn't know that right i oh, i really want to see him now like fuck a Gigi hadid i want to see marie antoinette yeah the originals yes so according to rebecca mckendry of fangoria magazine which i mentioned earlier the closest relatives to modern haunted houses were developed and began experimenting with macabre themes at the turn of the 20th century mm-hmm. um with Madame Tussaud kind of leading the charge. Horror continued to be a popular form of live entertainment in Europe. Mm. Um, And pretty soon, what they called ghost houses were popping up at fairs, which mm, doesn't have the same ring to it as like a haunted house, I have to say. Yeah. Just doesn't quite roll off the tongue. No, I don't like it. But regardless, um, one of the first ghost houses made its debut in 1915 at an English fairground in Liphook, and its features included dim lights, demonic screaming, and shaking floors, which is pretty impressive for 1915, I have to say. Like, now it's pretty anticlimactic. Well, for most people, it's pretty anticlimactic, but for... for 1915 with the limited technology they had which i'll get into in a minute I, I, pretty impressive yeah and then in paris the grand guignol theater i uh, paris um that became famous for how graphic their onstage depictions of dismemberment were 
And Max Mori, the director of the theater, apparently used to brag that he gauged the success of each performance based on the number of audience members who passed out. Isn't that how they gauge the success of uh, Paranormal Activity? They didn't gauge the success that way. Like, we had fucking critics, but, like, yeah, people but were the definitely only thing wanting they, to go see. The only thing that they showed in the trailers is people passing out during screenings. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that gauging success. I don't know. I think it is. I would just be like, this is the shock value. I'd say it's a great marketing tool. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's gauging their success. I haven't seen any of the paranormal activity movies because frankly, I would not do that to myself. No. But from what I've heard, some of the later ones, and I have a great admiration for the people who made it too, because they made the first one on a shoestring budget and it blew the fuck up. It's like yeah, it's like modern Blair Witch. Yeah, because they took the Blair Witch business model pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, but like, you know what? It's like in business, you take an idea that's already good and you kind of elaborate on it a little bit and you put a bow on and suddenly it belongs to you. Where do I sign, Mr. Barry Gordy? (laughs) So then, yeah, that's just the one origin story, though. And then there's Lisa Morton, who's the author of the 2013 novel Trick or Treat, A History of Halloween. So for all of my Halloween lovers out there, we have a book for you. Yes. Um, And she reported that Halloween-themed haunted houses first emerged in the United States much later than they were popping up in Europe. Mm -hmm. And that was during the Great Depression. And that was what modern-day haunted houses, she says, are modeled after. Okay. Are the ones that came up during the Depression. So Halloween in the United States had long been considered a night of fun for both adults and children and it was seen as a positive outlet for young men to blow off steam i don't like it when that is a phrase that's used oh honey wait just you wait Mm. you're not gonna like it even more in a minute Mm. because this whole blowing off steam shit ranged from not so positive antics like stealing neighbors gates off their hinges or just straight up stealing dead bodies just, just pulling it pulling a gene and walking away just geening them yes um actually when was when was geen a kid i don't remember that was episode 20 it's out of my mind now he would have been i believe no but i believe he would have been a kid around the age of the depression yeah he grew up during the depression so like who knows maybe this is what started it all Mm. dun 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 um next halloween we'll do geen revisited um so one boy's craft guide from that time period because they had fucking craft guides um like how to keep your son entertained or what a normal boy does in order to keep himself entertained hint it's not make a nipple belt no um One of the guides explained that, quote, this is the only evening on which a boy can feel free to play pranks outdoors without the danger of being pinched. And it is his delight to scare passing pedestrians, ringing doorbells and carry off the neighbor's gates. So this gate thing was apparently like a big thing, like the body thing. I see no mention, but everybody was like, oh, yeah. And we'd sometimes run away with some gates. That's uh, dumb. (laughs) Yeah yeah and i'm also like what's the fascination with gates like yeah right 
why do we give a shit about why do we give a shit about gates but then again these are the same people that thought that their idea of fun was shoving a wheel down the street so i'm not really i'm not really going off much um but so the guide also advised that even if a boy had to like pull the gate that he stole out of the tree he fucking launched it into because apparently that was also a thing uh-huh. um even if he had to like take it down and give it back to the owner and like put it fucking back on its hinges quote the punishment is nothing compared with the sports the pranks have furnished him end quote uh, what does that have to do with haunted houses i hate all of this <laughs> i hate everything i hate this i read this and i was like these are the boomers we have come to hate yeah <laughs> But not really, not really, because technically they're not boomers. They're my grandparents' age. Mm. Um, but no. But yes, these boys no, did some pranks. But also yes. But no. But also yes. Um, but yes, they they pranked a lot. Um, they were a bunch of youths, and mm-hmm. some examples that I felt necessary to include here, even though this is about haunted houses. In 1879, approximately 200 boys stopped a train in Kentucky by laying a dead body across the railroad tracks. Oh, what a silly One Halloween. What? Not even, I'm not even, I'm not even there yet. Oh, no. Where the fuck do you find 200 boys who all in a group are like yes we get along this is great we're all friends let's all steal a body and put it on the train tracks that's true you make a very good point fuck does that come from i don't know it may have been a cult and we just didn't know i can't even i have no idea no no like people have weddings one of my friends is getting married and like her her fiance is fucking irish so you know it's gonna be like a 200 250 person affair but i'm like outside of that you wouldn't know 200 people no my like fuck fuck i've got like 20 people in my entire family and that's it that's enough yeah it's the only people i know (laughs) yeah just just family just the people in my family just your Um, family just my family specifically yes who's my mother i don't know but i know caitlin's um (laughs) but so then in 1900 medical students at the university of michigan which i feel like they should know better we didn't we don't know how old the kentucky boys were yeah i feel like medical students should both be old enough and smart enough to know better given Uh that they're fucking medical students you would hope yeah well the hopes are getting dashed because they stole a headless corpse from the anatomy lab and propped it up against the building's front doors so funny uh yeah so that happened Mm. um but uh, but like hashtag boys will be boys am i right of course yes um but regardless there were plenty of people who were old and crouchety like us and did not see this as harmless fun to be had by youths for sport. Uh-huh. Um, and so there were already some tensions about this. Like there were people that were like, oh, let them have their fun. And then all of the women were like, no, that's how I'm imagining it happened. Yeah, probably. Um, so then the depression hit. Everybody was broke. Everybody was sad. 
boys start acting out with their Halloween antics because they're depressed and they're broke and they're hungry. And the American public was having none of it. So on Halloween 1933, parents were outraged when hundreds of teenage boys, again, I don't know how hundreds of teenage boys find each other without the existence of Fortnite. But anyway, they flipped over cars, sawed off telephone poles, and engaged in other various acts of vandalism that are still bad, but not as big as those two. This is what white men do when they're bored. This is what white men do when they're given an inch. Yes. (laughs) Make no mistake. It's not just boredom. It's opportunity. Give them an inch, Um, they'll flip a car. I can assure you that, like, no girls were doing this because they would have been fucking beheaded. Yeah. But anyway... People from then on called that year's Halloween Black Halloween, which was a reference, but not a reference to how they referred to the stock market crash that fucking caused the depression four years earlier as Black Tuesday. Yeah. So that's how fucking bad this shit was. It was it was riots. Sounds like uh, this one Halloween night at my sister's college. Oh, that no. they all got an email for because like somebody lit like a I think it was so, somebody either flipped a police car or lit it on fire <laughs> it, it was oh, one I of those hope, I hope they flipped it because like, that would have been so much funnier no offense fire is dangerous it can hurt people like here I am I'm a boy in the 1930s because yes. <laughs> like the police were called to like uh like to break up a party in a dorm and one of those things happened to a police car i remember that and then they got an email uh the next day that there was like a terrible halloween riot or something i don't know i'll have to ask her for it oh my god gene help us out yeah i need i need this i need this in my life i forget what it was but i just remember it was it was pretty crazy that was like her it's just fucking historic is what it is yeah i think that i want to say it was a freshman year but i could be completely wrong Uh, i don't know love that it was probably freshman either way yeah but But um, this is it sounds like these boys during the depression they just didn't know how to appropriately full of piss and vinegar as my mother would say yes yes that's perfect yes your mother (laughs) is correct thank you um but yeah um people were pissed some cities actually considered fucking banning Halloween straight up. I could, and, uh, I could see that. Yeah, like literally, they're like, let's just cancel Halloween for the rest of our lives. Um, eventually, we'll all die out. Our kids' kids won't even know Halloween exists. So sad. But no, there were American parents like you and me and our listeners who see the value in Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, well, either we're getting banned or we find a family-friendly alternative or two to Contain. get these kids get these kids interested in things besides destroying mailboxes, vandalizing cities, and harassing the neighbors. Yeah. So they developed multiple forms of cheap and easy alternatives because still the Depression. But, you know... They just wanted people to stop fucking destroying the neighborhood. Yeah. So this included costume parades, Halloween parties, and you guessed it, 
haunted houses. Ooh. And our girl Morton said, quote, they came in about the same time as Trick or Treat did. Cities looked for ways to buy these kids off, essentially, end quote, which I found fucking hilarious because these children are literally holding these cities hostage and they're they're like, give me candy or I will flip your car. Can we just (laughs) picture a fucking kid in a little cute ass Halloween costume just being like, all right, yeah, but if you don't have Snickers, your Beatles going in the lake. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm. I'm so impressed and it's so fucking funny. I want to see a movie about this so badly because it reminds me of Snow Day, but with Halloween where it's just manic. It's like a a sanitized version of The Purge. Yes, yes. It's it's like a G-rated purge, except instead of escape rooms, we have trick-or-treating. Yes, adults stay in your houses. The kids are going to go throw... Uh, bricks through windows. Yes. They're just going to destroy properties and flip cars and just cause Set general things mayhem. things on fire. Yes. Just hold on to your dead bodies, everybody. No one is safe. No. But regardless, um, given that it was the Depression, uh, the first haunted houses that were built were pretty rudimentary. Uh, families would basically just decorate their basements in ways that would make DIYers proud. Chip Love. and Joanna Gaines could never. Uh, they used props like strips of raw liver, wet sponges, old hair nets, things like that. I'll get to it in a minute. And they would hold what they called house-to-house parties, um, which kind of, it's like trunk or treat except houses. Yeah. In that all of these basements are decorated with a different theme chosen by the family, and the neighborhood kids would go from one basement to the next and experience each of these scary scenes. It sounds super fun, and I would love that. I, I wish we didn't all hate each other and that we could do this, I, but that's when we all, you and the rest of our friends, were going to just have the commune, and that's when we can do that's it. That's true. Yes. Um, the, the cult of crime culture, yes. as we can call it. But then in 1937, so we're coming up on the end of the Depression, but I don't believe we're quite there yet. I believe it's two years away. Um, A party pamphlet was basically sent around for all parents, and it described how they could also design, quote, trails of terror to scare their kids. Okay. And to pull some quotes from that. Oh, God. Um... Quote, an outside entrance leads to a rendezvous with ghosts and witches in the cellar or attic. Hang old fur, strips of raw liver on the walls where one feels his way to dark steps. Weird moans and howls come from dark corners, damp sponges and hairnets hung from the ceiling, touching his face. Doorways are blockaded so that guests must crawl through a long, dark tunnel. At the end, he hears a plaintive meow and sees a black cardboard cat outlined in luminous paint. And, like, this shit seems stupid. Some of this stuff seems like a fire hazard. (coughs) Some of it seems like a fire hazard. Some of it seems like a health code violation. Yeah. But... You can't just hang meat on the walls. Regardless, this was considered... Yeah, no, you can't. Like, there's a thing called fucking maggots, and they will infiltrate your home. Yeah, then that's um, the real horror. 
Yes, and they're called children. No. Um, but so these were considered really high tech, so to speak, for like Ooh. haunted houses. So they were huge back then. So many strips of raw liver, so <laughs> many sponges and hairnets. Like, Everybody was all about this, and they were like, yes, this seems like a good idea. But quite frankly, I think they were willing to do pretty much everything to keep America from getting fucking leveled. Yeah. So, it, these were going on, but it was Walt Disney, however, who really put haunted houses on the map mm. and made them more than just an at-home affair when he decided to include one amongst a few new attractions they were developing for Disneyland. Ooh. So the Haunted Mansion opened in 1969, nearly two decades after it was initially approved, and it was designed in the style of the Evergreen House and the Winchester Mystery House. And well, that's cool. I didn't with, know that. Yeah, I didn't either, and I was like, he really, he, he does his research. I, I mean, say what you want about him. He did some, he did some questionable shit. Yeah. But, like, I, I believe so. I don't remember, because, like, first I hear things, and then they're, like, Wasn't he a Nazi proven wrong. But, like, no, because Disney put out, like, anti-Nazi, um, like, propaganda with, like, Donald Duck joining the armed forces for World War II. Like, mm. quite frankly, it's like a fucking ping pong match, and I don't know who has the ball anymore. Um, All right. But regardless, as with... Anything he touches, it turned to gold. Um, it was just an immediate hit. On one of the days immediately following its debut in the park, more than 82,000 people passed through it in just that one day. Wow. Yeah, and for fucking 1969 in California, that's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, that's, just, that's just one day. That's just one day. So, obviously, like... It quickly became one of Disneyland's most popular rides. Um, it also became a pretty popular place for people to try to scatter their loved ones' ashes, but we'll get to that. Maybe <laughs> never. I did hear um, about that. Uh, and and the worst part is, nobody seems to know this. I was in like a Reddit deep dive, and there was somebody who works at Disneyland, and they actually said they're, what they are told to do in that situation is they literally just dust bust up the fucking ashes yeah. like you're literally you're not sending them to be with madame rosmerta you're literally sending them to live in the dust buster caitlin i want you to to uh spread my body across the ride but i also don't want to be cremated yeah that seems more doable so they can't just dust take, bust a whole body just take limbs and start tossing them out the sides of the <laughs> cart Please, 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 please. Oh, God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's Good. happening. Weekend at oh. Bernie's me into the ride. They're, they're not going <laughs> to fucking, like, tackle an old lady. What are they going to do to me? I, I'm doing it. This is this is it. Good. Michael's really not going to want to go to Disneyland with me now. Um, yeah, I know. I'm like, I need you to carry her legs. <laughs> You're going to need um, an extra person. <laughs> um, but I did... As I just alluded to, that Michael will never go with me again. I did go to Disneyland recently. I went back in May for my birthday. I had always wanted to go. Michael was like, even though this is my personal hell, for your birthday, we're going to go. I cried. We went. I cried some more. It was great. And let me fucking tell you, it was unreal. This ride was unreal. Michael will shit on me because I did get scared at some parts. 
but you walk through this foyer, which I'll get to in a minute, and I was kind of just like, oh, is this it? And you get into this elevator or whatever, and I'm like, oh, well, this is anticlimactic, and then it's just a fucking clusterfuck from there. Like, I, I had to actually look into whether or not this haunted house was technologically updated. Uh-huh. Like, like if because it's the it's, original? It, it, not even if it's the original, but, like, if it's just, like, if it used to be just, like, you walk through the haunted house, or if, yeah. like, it's, the shit is really, like, like it was in the 60s. It fucking was. Shit. They didn't update it's it at all? way too complex, and it still holds up 50 years later. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um... But what made and continues to make the Haunted Mansion so successful was that it created a new era for haunted houses and effectively left the ones that preceded it in the fucking dust. Yeah. Um, Disney used shocking new technologies, which is what I'm talking about here, um, to create the attraction. And an example of this is in the Haunted Mansion's like main event, which is the Grand Hall. And it is a 90-foot-long ballroom. You're kind of going along, like, the top of it. Like, as if you're you're on, like, the second floor and it's, like, an open balcony. Uh-huh. And it's just all of these dancing ghosts at a birthday party. Like, okay. tons of... Think, think, think the ballroom hallucination in Anastasia. All right. And, and if you haven't seen Anastasia, pause this fucking podcast. It's goddamn iconic. And also, it's not completely historically accurate, but we need to learn more about historical women. So, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna hop on to some Anastasia. And then just come back and I'll continue. And but yeah. And go. <laughs> um, so, it, it was just, it's, they're all dancing and just i it, like i again it's not even describable how life it looks like fucking ghosts yeah like he used uh, so disney used like a bunch of illusions known as pepper's ghost and hmm. this uses this like optical illusion or like whatever it is it uses refracted light to project and shape images and make hmm. them look translucent. So okay. it's kind of a hologram, kind of not. Like, is Tupac at the birthday party? We don't know. Um, but this is all in fucking 1969 that he's doing this. This isn't, this is, this is modern day shit. Uh, Tupac was at Coachella, what, in 2012? This is 1969. Hmm. So. It's very obvious that he fucking decimated all previous notions of haunted houses and replaced them with a brand new idea. Um, Morton actually wrote what made the haunted house, oh, quote, what made the haunted house so successful and so influential was its use of startling new technologies and effects. Ghosts were no longer simply sheets hung in a tree, but were instead actual shimmering translucent figures that moved, spoke, and sang. A witch wasn't just a rubber-faced figure, a rubber-masked figure bent over a fake cauldron, but a completely realistic, bodiless head floating in a crystal ball conducting a complex seance. Mm. All of this shit is true. 
all of this is accurate. Yeah. So, naturally, the Haunted Mansion became considered as the gold standard of haunted houses. Um, According to Morton, quote, a lot of the professional haunters will point to one thing, and that's Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. It started the haunted attraction industry. Interesting. Like, goddamn. Like, not for anything, Disney fucking does it again. Like, whether that Nazi propaganda is accurate or not, I don't think it is, but I'm not positive. Either way, like, that's that's fucking incredible. I, I can't. I yeah, can't wrap my head crazy. around it. I couldn't wrap my head around it then, either. I looked like a baby with object permanence issues. It was unbelievable. Um, but so, within a few years, obviously not everybody can go to Disneyland, so the haunted house craze spread across the country. A civic organization for young adults called the United States Junior Chamber, also known as the JCs, became famous for raising money through its haunted houses. It was really fucking successful. It was a great fundraising venture um, to the point that it inspired Tom Hillegoss, who was a JC chapter head in Bloomington, Illinois, to write a how-to guide and form the Haunted House Company to help out other chapters. That's and cool. Yeah, like it, it's fucking erupting. It's unbelievable. So Hillegoss was the first so-called haunted house expert, and he actually traveled across the country to conduct seminars on how to construct the houses, how to advertise them, train the actors, and even how to properly put on horror makeup. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and he. Um, Larry Kirchner, who was the president, who is the president of the Haunted House Association, among many other accolades, and is considered to be one of today's foremost experts on haunted houses. Um, He said, quote, when I got started in the late 70s, there were like 10 JC haunted houses in every city, end quote. Whoa. Yeah. So Hillegas was doing some shit. Yeah. As were the JCs. But um, and then out here in California, Knott's Berry Farm began hosting its own Halloween attractions at night, which kind of snowballed a la the Hallmark movie channel Christmas specials in that it went from being like a once a night thing. And now it's like multiple weeks, multiple events per week. Like it's it's a huge fucking deal. Yeah, it turns and into not scary farm. Yes, it does. Attraction? It turns yeah, into yeah, yeah. not scary farm. I've, I've heard of it before. It sounds really cool. Yeah. They they very well may when you came to visit in February they may have been advertising it still because Probably, like people yeah. pe- like people are ready for it starting in like fucking January for October people are already like okay oh I'm sure once it winds down in November people are still gearing up for like next year absolutely absolutely um and then every year. A man named Bob Burns attracted national media attention for his detailed recreations of classic horror movies. Um, He would just, like, do his own little shtick. And then evangelical Christians even got in on the act and made their own... They gotta... They gotta do it. Their own anti-Halloween attractions. Of course. And Jerry Falwell and Liberty University introduced one of the first hell houses in 1972 cute just okay um so 
Meanwhile, Hollywood began to also, like, this coincided with their embrace of slasher movies like Halloween and A Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And the haunted house industry really reaped the benefits. It was like a match made in heaven. The horror boom fueled a demand for scary attractions, but then that left room for cross-promotional advertisements for the film industry. So it's like, oh, you're scared. You loved Halloween. Oh, did you know there's a Halloween haunted house that's like set up exactly like Laurie Strode's house or whatever the fuck her name is? Yeah, yeah. And like, did you know, like, blah, blah, blah. Like it became, it, it was huge. It was huge. Um, Kirchner actually told Smithsonian.com, quote, if you went to a haunted house in the 1980s and 90s, you would have seen a lot of Freddy Krueger jason pinhead the haunted house industry really followed the movie industry at that time end quote Mm -hmm. and they just kind of went hand in hand um so bigger private entities then took notice of the jc's success and the popularity of horror movies and just how everything was kind of coming together so then they began launching professional big budget commercialized think like the equivalent of not scary farm yeah haunted houses and at the same time the film industry was moving to like sleeker technology like cvi cgi animation sfx like things like that for their effects instead of using physical effects and animatronics and fucking like machines and optical illusions and everything Mm -hmm. which was what was relied on for decades but now technology was allowing them to kind of polish it up so kitchener told popular mechanics quote the movie industry was a 100 percent practical effect industry the people who made the big bucks were the practical effect geniuses one of the things that capitulated the haunted house industry was that the was that Hollywood got rid of their need for practical effect people, and they found the haunted house industry was starving for good sculptors, good smelters who could make props and sets. End quote. Mm-hmm. So basically, the people who used to build these props and create those effects for like fucking Jaws and for like what the fucking fucking like um, Nightmare on Elm Street and all that yeah. other bullshit, um, they found themselves out of a job and then immediately saw there was a demand for those effects for haunted houses instead and found themselves in a job with tons of work. Mm-hmm. So, and we love that. We love a good comeback. So, naturally, these professional haunted houses quickly began outspending the nonprofit groups like the JCs. So, shit was going great. What does that mean? Step it up. Nope, it means shit's gonna hit the fan. Aww. And that it did. In 1984, a fire erupted at the Haunted Castle at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey. Yes. And eight teenagers ended up getting trapped in the attraction and killed. Mm. Um, in the aftermath of their deaths, like, they, w- they weren't even able to be identified at first, and it was a whole thing. It made it into the New York Times, um... The aftermath led to attractions getting shut down and politicians urging for stronger safety regulations and putting those into place. I can't imagine uh, dying at a haunted house. That must be the fucking most terrifying, just mind-bending thing. Because you're going in there to be afraid. Right. 
and but like you know, and then it's it turns be to over. real fear. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. And that was yeah. probably at a uh, fright night, right? I don't know, honestly. Yeah, because Six Flags. Uh, it was in May. Really? That's, yeah, oh, it yeah. was in May. Because Great Adventure does um does uh, fright. Fest. I don't know when fright night. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know when fright night is. I'm assuming fright, it's October. Yeah, fright fest is like the whole month of October. I right. think it was. This was also the '80s, so it may not have even existed then yet. Oh yeah, might not. But uh, it, I think when I was younger, it was just on the weekends in October. But now I think it's every night in October they do Fright Fest. I don't really know. I haven't been in a, a couple of years, but there was a stretch there that I was there for like every year. We went right. at least once. Right. No, I can't handle that shit. So you won't catch me there. It's a fun um, time. Actually, if we have time at the end, I will share my haunted it's not a house, but haunted story. Okay, um, go. But, yeah. And not only can I not imagine, also, I just want to, like, say real quick, I can't, not only can I not imagine dying in a haunted house, I also can't imagine such a huge tragedy taking place that young people are killed and the politicians actually do something, enact laws to make things safer and take yeah. things away, even if people love them. Hmm. And that's it. Off my soapbox. Um, so the volunteer organizations, they were already struggling against these big corporations. Now that all of these regulations are in place, they can't just fucking put up cardboard boxes around their houses and be like, boom, here we go. Yeah. So um, they basically began to buckle and soon many went out of business. Um, according to Kirchner, the JCs got pushed out because their haunted houses were fairly basic. It was based on the premise that people would volunteer, but when you have people opening big haunted houses with lots of advertising, that's hard, end quote. Yeah. And also that the actors were paid. It's not volunteer, it's paid. Yeah. Um, so by 1990, the haunted house industry was being transformed by these bigger budgets and safety regulations and technological advancements, among other factors. And in 1997, Armstrong, who we mentioned earlier, opened one of the most popular haunted house attractions, Netherworld. Mm. So he said that in the two decades since he opened his attraction, um, he told popular mechanics that he had seen the industry quickly expand from, quote, just decorated scenes and actors, end quote, to everything like animatronics and high quality audio and big special effects and animation Mm -hmm. and led lighting and theatrical acting and projections and just fucking like it's it's a fucking production yeah is what it is so um today netherworld is open every night in october it has over 300 animatronics a budget of over seven or nearly seven figures excuse me Yep, and employs two full-time steel fabricators to construct many of the physical effects, whoa, my bad, Um, (laughs) including a new giant octopus and starfish creature with 21 different motions. Granted, that was in 2015, so it probably exists now. Yeah. But, like, still, goddamn. Yeah, that's Um, crazy. And Armstrong also explained to Popular Mechanics, quote, about the, the ocean creature. It is mm-hmm. about 12, 13 feet across, and it comes overhead with its tentacles wiggling like it's going to eat you, end quote. So all those people with a fear of the ocean maybe don't go. Um, 
and the haunted industry is now at this point in a race with bigger budgets amping up to higher expectations. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like trying to outdo each other. But then Kirchner says that the haunted house industry is still, he argues that it's still pretty DIY. Um, and his haunted attraction called the darkness is routinely rated as one of the top in the country. And that being said, he's like, Oh, it's all DIY, but it does have one of the biggest budgets yeah. in the country as well. Um, he, but regardless, like he stands by the belief that the haunted house owners and the operators, they still have to do it all. Um, he's actually told popular mechanics, haunted house people are do-it-yourselfers. You become an engineer, you become an ad man, you become a carpenter, you become an operator, you become a crowd control specialist, you become a Broadway play producer. This job forces you to wear many hats. Mm. End quote. So I can see that. Yeah. But also, that's that's a lot of talk from somebody who's not doing this for a not-for-profit. Um, yeah. But from the 90s into today, the number of professional haunted houses has skyrocketed. Kirchner estimated to the Smithsonian in 2014 that approximately 2,700 haunted houses operated nationwide. And according to the Haunted House Association, more than 1,200 haunted house attractions including or haunted attractions including hayrides houses major screen parks mazes trails zombie laser tag um all of it operated in america during the 2016 halloween season alone Uh so 1200 and generated an annual estimated revenue of from 300 to 500 million dollars wow yeah And according to a 2013 report from NBC, a large haunted house attraction reportedly earns between two and three million dollars during the Halloween season, with smaller ones earning up to 50K. Wow. Yep. That's nuts. Absolutely. And as a whole, the haunted house industry is worth, guess. Um, I'm going to say several billion dollars. No. Um, No. Maybe, but no. Uh, 300 million. Oh, all right. Which is still several. Yes. And probably too much. Um, and it also, the industry as a whole attracts an average of approximately 8,000 paying customers, according to America Haunts. Hmm. And also something that I don't know why I didn't include it in here. That's just the haunted houses that are worth 300 million. But yeah, not the mazes and all the other stuff you mentioned. No, no, I'm saying these are the ha- the ones that are specifically haunted attractions. So, like, not not Scary Farm or, like, yeah. the Six Flags thing or whatever. Those bring in between, I believe it was 150 and 200 million for the park. Yeah. Just those. Yeah, so, like, scary attractions, not just the haunted ones. Like, n- no. <laughs> um, so, all of the haunted things like a haunted maze a haunted house a haunted thing that's 300 million yes any of the halloween promotions by theme parks that's 150 to 200 okay just by the theme parks just by the theme parks got it which but and but that just on top of all of the shit that they're bringing in yeah in october that's another 150 to 200 million like that's fucking insane and it's probably more now because again this was this was in 2017 i believe Okay. That this was a th- that that was a thing. Um, but today, 
haunted houses are not just about fucking creepy movie characters and hyper-realistic effects. Um, I just, I'm, I don't know why we couldn't have stopped there, but we just gotta fucking take it a step further so my pussy ass can be completely and effectively traumatized. And so the industry keeps going for more and more extreme ideas, like escape games, escape rooms, zombie runs, jump scares, mm-hmm. all that good stuff that like makes me want to die. And Armstrong told popular mechanics that he has witnessed, quote, and I have experienced all of these. Well, maybe not all of these, but most of these. Panic attacks, heart palpitations, passing out, loss of bodily functions like peeing and worse. I have seen people run out of the haunted house into the parking lot, out the gate, down the road, and never come back. Sometimes they run and leave shoes behind. End quote. Hmm. But these fuckers still eat it all up. That's what I don't understand. They're still like, oh, it was really good. I'm like, you're fucking shoeless, run forest, running down the street, and you mean to tell me that you have the adrenaline. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't need adrenaline. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, But according to NBC, it was determined that Americans in the fall of 2014 planned to spend nearly $7 billion on Halloween. Furthermore, according to the National Retail Federation's annual Halloween survey, in 2017, approximately 23% of the 179 million consumers who planned to celebrate Halloween said they planned on visiting haunted attractions. Mm-hmm. So, if you're interested in that shit, in learning more about haunted houses and all of the other haunted stuff, everything I've referenced, it's obviously going to be on the website. Um, but you can also check out, there's a 2017 documentary called Haunters, The Art of the Scare, which I'm too chicken shit to watch, but I hear is very good. It is very good. I've seen it. Yep. And just for those who want to know what it's about a little bit, the documentary's creator, John Schnitzer, went behind the scenes to kind of get the perspective of people who, like Kircher, who dedicate their lives to making the creepiest fucking haunted houses and attractions for just the public's enjoyment. That's what they get out of it, is that other people are happy, which I do respect. I like that. Um, But as I said, I've heard it's good because it has an 86% Google score. And a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, which is fine. But it's mm-hmm. also rated 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I didn't know yes. that. Yes. I didn't either. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe I it's should watch of, it. It kind of flies under the radar. It was on Netflix when I watched it. I don't know if it's still on Netflix now. But yeah, um, yeah it flew under the radar in on the Netflix US. docs. In, yes, the US. in the U.S. Yeah. Please don't come for us. We don't know if it's in other countries. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, really if you want to check it out, yeah, um, it, it I've I've read good things, I've heard good things from you. I'm not sure that I can emotionally handle it because again, I got freaked. I get freaked out by the simplest fucking things these days. Like honestly, I just it, and it is on Netflix in the U.S. I just looked. Okay, but um, it I but do we have time? Well, um, if you want to watch the documentary, uh, it's not scary. Well, they, it's, it's more informative than it is scary until they start talking about McCamey Manor, uh, which is... I Something I don't want. It's what's classified as an extreme haunt. I would not call it a haunted attraction. It's a torture attraction. No. 
So if you want to learn more about that, you can watch the documentary. You can also watch, I want to say it's one of the last episodes of a another series that kind of flies under the radar on Netflix, at least in the U.S., is Dark Tourist, which can't I bring myself to watch that either. Yep, it's it, that one's not scary at all. But um, he goes to McKamey Manor in one of the episodes towards the end, and uh, it's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like haunted houses, and there's no fucking way. No, yeah. no. Yeah, you have to go on like a wait list. You have to go through like a psych evaluation to do <gasps> is it. Is this like, the one that you have to sign a release? Yeah. Like okay, I know this they, one. Yeah, like they, you can break bones. Like <sighs> it, they, they kidnap you to start it. Like no, it's no, no, it's terrifying. No, absolutely, and uh, you, you not. can't pay for it because he's not. I think the guy's like not allowed to take money for it or something. Yeah, because um, it's a fucking torture chamber. Yeah, and in <laughs> in the documentary, in the haunting documentary, they. uh interview some of his neighbors <laughs> you gotta watch it <laughs> it's oh fucking crazy because you could hear just like people like in agonizingly scream and the neighbors are like yeah this is uh this is what happens <laughs> oh, oh there it goes again yep it is fucking hilarious but um right, anyway, do you want to share your story before we go it is fast it is fast i promise it's the story of when i punched out michael myers um because that happened I was in eighth grade and we were taking a class trip at night. I don't know who the fuck thought this was a good idea um, to a haunted hayride that was really popular in our area. And one girl that was in my, we had to get separated into two groups. One girl in my group was having a really fucking hard time and started having, I don't remember if it was an asthma attack or a panic attack or both. Mm -hmm. um, and she the the woman who ran it got us all free tickets because her kids went to the school. Yeah. So she was the one that was putting people on the rides. And this girl basically said, I can't do it. And one of the chaperones was like, I'm just going to get off and stand with her. And long story short, the mom who owns the ride or whatever you want to call it, just fucking lifted the girl up and put her in it. Did, completely ignored it. Ooh, that's was terrifying. like, you're a pussy ass bitch. Mm, tbt and um she just uh, and this poor girl like the the i don't remember who the moms that were chaperoning were but i remember they were pissed um and this girl was in a fetal position beforehand and one of the moms stayed by so you drive through like this wooded area and then all of these like we were talking about like all of these famous movie characters are coming out yeah. with like chainsaws without chains yeah, and like yeah. all kinds of shit and like in connecticut we've got a really big fear of the melon heads so the melon heads are showing the fuck up and so every time one of the moms sat they they climb onto the 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 um wagon thing so one mm -hmm. of the moms sat by the entrance where they all come in and would just kind of quietly be like hey just so you know this girl isn't supposed to be on the ride she's not well like she's she's she can't breathe like just leave her alone everybody was fucking great about it they avoided her they were nice about it so cool yeah, they're, not, fucking they're not looking to cause like trauma agony yeah this girl was not like i mean sobbing hyperventilating i don't again i don't remember if she was having an asthma attack as well but it was bad yeah um and like and fuck that lady for putting her on the ride yeah that's um, fucked up 
but because she's fucking 13 also like come on this isn't like an adult yeah Um, let him sit out yeah but regardless then this fucking michael myers guy comes on the mom does her thing she's like hey listen leave girl alone blah 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 he fucking so we're on these benches that are on the edges of this cart and there's nothing under them there's no bales of hay there's there's nothing under them this guy fucking there's multiple people on so nobody can keep track obviously gets down under the benches and literally crawls over to her and Mm. goes to grab her leg yeah don't don't touch i don't like like that's another thing about haunted houses i don't want them to touch me yeah yeah so he goes and there's no there was a rule now that you mentioned that i completely forgot this i don't remember if they were allowed to touch you but you were not allowed to touch them that was for certain one of the rules in a lot of haunted attractions is they're not allowed to touch you like yeah uh, you have to there's a there's a specific like uh warning if you go to a haunted house that they're allowed to touch you right right because it's um, not supposed to be you a have to sign a thing sport. and everything too exactly yeah. exactly so he literally he he goes to reach for her and he catches my i catch his eye because i'm watching this whole fucking thing thinking maybe he won't do it but yet he will and i'm scared shitless but i'm also like protective uh, not no not even protective i i mean we weren't even really friends i, I just i was like don't start shit like yeah. come on <laughs> So literally I catch his eye and he looks at me. He knows I see him and go and I give him this look like don't. And he fucking goes to do it anyway. So I punched Michael Myers in the face Good. and he went, Whoop! I will never forget it. He sounded like fucking Tim, the tool man, Taylor. <laughs> and I just said something like get away from her or something like that. And then one of the moms saw and raised holy hell and was like we told you blah 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 and he just fucking scampered off that thing but then Mm. i got the fuck out of there because you're not supposed to touch the actors yeah exactly and that's the story of the one time i was actually brave and punched out michael myers and i guarantee you it is not something i could ever repeat i am fucking i'm i think i'm more of a wimp than i was then and i was a pretty big fucking wimp you're a hero I'm really not. And honestly, if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't do it. Because you would be in a fetal position. You wouldn't really be looking. No, because eighth graders are mean and she didn't really deserve it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, no. But yeah, that happened. And haunted houses can be fun for some, not fun for others. Don't force people to do it if they don't want to do it. And that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, a close friend of mine that I work closely with. She's kind of the the makeup artist for any uh, sh- uh, shoot that I have to do because I do photography. Fritzy, Fritzy, and she is a special. She's specializing in special effects makeup, and uh, every fall we get together and uh, shoot some stuff for her portfolio. But she yeah. did the makeup for a haunted house that I went to with my mom a couple years back. And I think it was, like, put on by, like, a junior high or something. So right. we were like, oh, it's it's just going to be, like, a cute, like, kids haunted house. Mm-mm. It was fucking horrifying. It was hilarious. Eighth graders are mean. They're the, but, terrible. No, but the production of it was fantastic. Like, they rented out this space in, like, oh, the yeah. back of, like, a warehouse. And it was, like, 
like I we got to go like back behind because we had friends that were working yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, we got to see like all the behind the scenes and stuff. And it was literally like they put up chain link fences and then they put like the decorations all on the sides. But it, it made it look like really like really like perfect because I think a couple of the kids parents like worked for like stage design for Broadway because I'm so close to New York City. I was going to say you live you literally live in Real Housewives land. Yeah. So like like this the production of it was like the best I've ever seen <laughs> and it was like a junior high production. It was crazy. I I believe it. I believe it. Some some junior high productions are really good and kids do not ever pass up an opportunity to, to be, be fucking ruthless yes yeah, that's true they and since they can't turn over cars anymore then no. this is the only thing they get to do um to let us to know if you've gone to a cool haunted house this spook season yeah let us know let us if know there's if like you a, went to that one that need you need a release yeah if there's like a notorious one in your area i want to know about it because i think haunted houses are very fascinating and that's why haley i was excited for this episode yeah haley will go i'll wait in the car yeah i'll go with the snacks but i don't i don't want to go through one of those that like you have to go through alone that's another one i don't want to do that oh no fuck that i'm not i don't do anything alone there's another one that you have to go through that you have to go through blindfolded or like it's completely no. in the dark or something fuck yeah. that shit yeah i don't know i don't want that. absolutely not that. absolutely not yeah I, I, mm, no no why are we like this as a society shit anyway yeah yeah so go to the website which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com there you can find all of the links to all of our social media and um you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram and send us a message like direct message on any platform we'll get back to you and uh Get ready for the next October episode, because once again, we're doing two a week the whole month. Yeah. Yeah. Kill us. Tight. Please. (laughs) So we will see you next time. (laughs) I tried. I tried to get her to keep it. She won't keep it this month. I'm sorry. No. I tried. I tried for you. I did it for you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.